630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Now 6-2, Toronto leading Vancouver about five minutes into the third period. The Jets have just pulled even with Calgary. Appleton with the goal. That's about four minutes into the second period. Coyotes up 2-0 on the Blues in the second. Early middle frame. Blackhawks leading Carolina 3-2. The Senators trying to get their second win of the season. They lead the Canadians 3-1. Three minutes into the third. Connor Brown, the most recent goal in that game for Ottawa. Columbus up 4-2 on the Stars. Seven minutes into the third. Three minutes into the third. It is Florida with a 5-3 edge on Nashville. Huberto has a hat trick in that game. And 15 minutes to go in New York. Rangers 2, Capitals 1. Ryan Strom, his third of the season for the New York Rangers. 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. Oilers and Flames on Saturday. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chet. We will drop the puck at 8 o'clock. I am not guaranteeing a goalie fight. I'm not guaranteeing any sort of fight. My mother has predicted the fights will be frequent and vicious. We'll see. Well, this was the headline. You may have seen it on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com a couple of days ago. COVID-19, Hockey Alberta cancels minor hockey games for remainder of the season. It says the organization, in conjunction with its leagues that oversee tiered AAA and AA hockey, made the decision Tuesday afternoon. Hockey Alberta said it considered every possibility for a return to play, but the recent announcement from the province on when COVID-19 restrictions could be eased made it too difficult to control. So this is tough news for a lot of kids and a lot of coaches and a lot of parents who were hoping to get some sort of games in. And uh, one of the programs affected by that, the St. Albert Slash Female Midget AAA team, and they are coached by my next guest, Dan Auchenberg. Dan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? Good read yourself. I'm doing okay. I, I appreciate you coming on the show, Dan. Um, you know, for people who, who don't know, you and I have been doing this off and on for about 20 years because you used to coach in the AJHL when I was in Lloydminster. I'm glad we've been able to stay in touch. We've done yes. some uh, really positive interviews with your team winning multiple national championships, which I want to get to. But sometimes we got to do the other other side of that, and that's uh, pretty pretty tough news this week. Yeah, absolutely was. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm not just talking about my team. Uh, it affected a lot of hockey players and, uh, you know, athletes in this uh, community and also in Alberta. And, uh, you know, and it's tough uh, news. Uh, but like I've always tried to say, is that something that you can't control and, you know, uh, you know, our life is more important and our safety is more important. And, you know, it's up to the Alberta government uh, to make those uh, opportunities happen. But obviously, Hockey Alberta it was in a tough situation and they had to make a big call. And, uh, you know, I support their decision. It's, you know, uh, coming getting back to if we had to go back to our league and stuff, you know, what kind of league would have been and to finish the season. But obviously... Uh, the most important thing is that if uh, our government will allow us to go back to practicing and, uh, you know, develop these young kids and uh, help them improve uh, to prepare them for the next level or the opportunity of post-secondary, right, uh, is the most important thing. So, so what sort of things 
had you had you been able to do this season or 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 have you been doing was there any sort of team activities like did you feel like you had a team this year or how would you characterize that yeah it was pretty hard you know to stay connected but that was the most important thing we said we got to stay connected so when we were you know we we obviously got going and we got to play uh you know one exhibition game because our team went through the covid uh situation and uh, so we were isolated and it took us out of playing uh, one exhibition game. So uh, we got the opportunity to play one, and uh, then we played four league games uh, with uh, the Pandas, which was, you know, very exciting. And uh, we were, you know, expecting some pretty good uh, battles between them and also the opportunity to play against some strong teams in uh, the Alberta Female Hockey League, uh, mid to AAA. Uh, so... But then all of a sudden after that, it got cancelled and uh, we haven't been on the ice for over two months. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it hit us pretty hard and uh, um, obviously it devastated the girls. And uh, But, it, you know, it, when it affected us last year, it was a shock too. And uh, But once we thought we got back, uh, you know, with uh, all the camps, preps and everything for the season, we thought, okay, it could be a, a pretty good season coming up. And then it just hit the kids again, and it was a pretty good blow to them. And now hearing that news that the key season's canceled, obviously kids love playing games, right? They don't necessarily like all the practices, so they were ready to go back to battling and stuff. And uh, hearing that news, there was some sad and some tears and some sad faces yesterday on our virtual uh meeting when we're we're still doing uh virtual meetings we've had uh uh, uh been doing our uh, um uh, dry land and uh fitness through heather osgood was doing that twice a week with our uh girls and uh they've been working hard and trying to stay positive and being ready and prepared to play right so but it was sad yesterday and uh or uh, on, on tuesday pardon me when we had to tell the news to them and stuff so what is the impact, if if any? Maybe it's still been all systems go, but you know the St. Albert Slash or or the Alberta Female Hockey League in general. You know that's that's a that's a high high level of hockey, and players move on from there to play in U sports or in in NCAA. Yes. Has it thrown off recruiting and any of those opportunities this year? Yeah, it definitely has. Like, obviously, the time off has given me opportunities to talk to schools a lot more and uh, connect with them. And, you know, funding for them is very hard uh, to get, you know, to offer kids full rides and uh, offer them money. Some schools are just tapped out. And uh, obviously, our O4s are graduating, uh, or pardon me, our O3s are graduating players have been a really tough uh, uh, scenario to get them scholarships, but we were fortunate enough to get uh, all of them an opportunity at post-secondary and, uh, um, you know, but the, the talking to schools too, down in the States too, they've been playing and uh, they're saying, you know, they're worried about the, the their new recruits coming in next year, year behind basically because they've been playing and uh, obviously Saskatchewan and Alberta haven't been playing any games or anything. So, you know, they're saying, you know, uh, hopefully we're not going to just, uh, uh, you know, be it's going to be a rude awakening for them when they come down there. But we, we have to do our due diligence and try 
try to prepare them as best we can uh, for the next level. But it is tough for uh, the universities too because they just don't have the funding and stuff. So it's and they are, their uh, fifth years are deferred and they can come back if they want. So now it, it throws a kink into them. They're going to have multiple players there and uh, be tougher to get everybody in the lineup and stuff. So and our O fours are. Our second years are really panicking a little bit too because they don't know what the future lies ahead of them, right? So, yeah, that's yeah, that's tough. And you're right. There's such a trickle down effect, and I know everybody's trying to do what what's best for the athletes, and you want those players who maybe lost a year to get that year, but it does affect the new players coming in. Dan Ockenberg joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's the head coach of the St. Albert Slash, uh, and we got to touch on this: a wildly successful. Uh, midget AAA female hockey team, a multiple championships, league and regional, and was it three time national? I think that's the last time we talked. And, and me and you and, and some of your players was that the run to the 2019 title that completed the three peat? Yes, yes, that's right. So how do you? I mean, that no, no, Dan, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. You're not supposed to win three in a row at that level because of the graduation <laughs> and the turnover and everybody's gunning for you. How did you do it? <laughs> well, I, you know, well, I took a, uh, the, obviously I'm a pretty, uh, adamant guy, like I'm very humble, but I, I obviously, if we didn't have the team that could believe in the process and, uh, you know, and do what they did and, uh, always have that resiliency in them and stuff. Uh, but, you know, you were so excited to even get the opportunity to win one, and we couldn't, we couldn't even fathom when we got to the next one, and then we had the opportunity to winning another one, and it was just like, okay, now it's a legacy, and let's keep the legacy going, and the kids just bought in, and uh, it was just a ripple effect from new recruits and believing, and our leaders uh, each and every year were awesome and uh they were great mentors for younger girls and uh it just it just yeah it was a trickle effect and it was a, a faith of believing and keep persevering through adversity and every year was different and obviously uh you have to play the game on ice and we got lucky in some games and uh you know, we were fortunate and uh yeah, I I don't know. It's it's been a blessing and uh it's been very exciting and obviously we had a team last year that we're we were waiting for provincials and uh you know we had a good shot at getting there again but uh it was unfortunate we didn't and uh you know it's sad for everybody we talk about even you know the cis when they're down at nationals and they play their first day and then all of a sudden the tournament's canceled and they have to stay there the whole weekend that's pretty that's pretty upsetting too because you know you get to you play all year to get to to that uh, opportunity to play in the playoffs and for a national title, you're pretty pumped up and everything, and then all of a sudden it just gets taken away from you. That's it's that's heartbreaking. But you know, uh, we'll continue. Uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to build a, you know, the, in the, this environment, we'll still try to build a positive attitude, have a positive attitude, and keep building uh, our program to be the best it can possibly be. Yeah, well, pretty good. I was going to ask you this. So playoffs had started last year, but there were no champions declared then in anything for women, for female midget hockey. 
Yeah, there we, we had to buy to get to the provincial, so we were waiting for uh, the the round the the round uh, robin to be finished, and uh, they were into the, their third game, and that's where you know if they deciding game to see who was going to go, and Calgary was hosting, so we were heading off to Calgary, but all of a sudden it was shut down. We were practicing Thursday, uh, and we got the news Thursday afternoon. And oh, so then, yeah, it was done. So <laughs> it was like you could imagine what the tears were like then. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it it is tough, and uh, you know, I know that uh, we know that there are, there are bigger issues, but it is it is tough to see that a lot of these young athletes lose, you know, the the end of one season and then pretty much the entire the entire next season, but, but I know you're going to keep coaching them up and I know you got a great program going there with the slash and, I, and I'm glad to see the Alberta female midget hockey league, uh, doing well. Is, is the team, is the, is the team in Lloyd still the Steelers? Is this the same league yeah. they're in or are they in a different yeah. league now? It, they're still in and, and it's yeah, that's a phenomenal good. league. Yeah, it's a phenomenal league. It, uh, the level of hockey has got just improved each and every year and uh, the competitiveness is unbelievable and it's some really great rivalries and uh, yeah, it's a really enjoy, uh, it's enjoyment and uh, it's awesome to coach and just to see the enthusiasm and uh, the energy and uh, the, the development of these young ladies and how they've improved each and every year and their skills level is just getting just off the charts better and better all the time so it's 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 a lot of fun yeah well said well dan keep in touch uh you know hopefully the next time we have you on we're talking about actual games and uh, yeah. and streaks no and kidding. slumps and all the stuff we're used to talking about but but thanks for the update and thanks for telling us about uh your team's experience through this tough season i really appreciate it yeah no problem reed all the best to you and stay safe and stay healthy okay Right on. Will do. That is Dan Ockenberg checking in tonight. Like I said, I've known Dan for a while. He used to coach in the AJHL when I was covering the league in Lloyd Minster. Now doing a great job with the St. Albert Slash of the Alberta Female Hockey League. Three-time national championships. Uh, three, three-time national champions. They got it in 17, in 18, and in 19 season cut short last year in March and uh, you know, a very, uh, just a few games this year, like Dan was telling you. And now of course, uh, hockey Alberta has, uh, has had to shut it down for the entire season. That's tough. It's tough for those kids. Uh, You know, I guess that's what everybody's saying. I guess I suppose I'm not adding anything too profound to the conversation by saying that, but uh, that that is too bad that all these youngsters, uh, you know, pretty much lost the season because of this seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three. I'm always happy to hear from you. Hey, this is cool. Between 7.30 and 8, we're going to catch up with Trent Brown. Yes, the Trent Brown that used to play for the uh, AA football team, now with James H. Brown Serious Injury Lawyers, who are the title sponsor of this show. Trent's going to join us after the 7.30 news. Quick timeout. Ladies and gentlemen, is what is known as an excellent guitar riff. The NHL announcing that Colorado Avalanche games postponed at least through February 11th as a result of players entering the NHL's COVID protocols. Lots of teams affected. 
by COVID so far in Canada, no postponements for games. Let's hope we can keep it that way. The players stay healthy and the fans can keep enjoying the games. Granted, from their living rooms, can't gather like we used to. But it's been an interesting season so far. Davis texts in. He says, hey, Reed, I can't wait for the Battle of Alberta on Saturday. I think the Oilers games have been pretty tame so far. And I'm hoping to see a little bit of animosity. Could this get Cassian going? That is from Davis to 780-496-0063. Well, I guess we saw a little bit of animosity against Ottawa. Um, Beyond that, I mean, I'm trying to think. I think there might have been one scrum behind the net against the Canadians the second game. Um, Man, has there even been close to a fight? I don't think there has. I mean, there there almost was one at the end of the game between the Oilers and the Senators. Kachuk went after Larson, and that created the scrum in front of the Ottawa bench. Again, I don't know if there's going to be a fight on Saturday. I think at some point there's going to be some very heated moments in the Battle of Alberta. It's bound to happen playing each other 10 times and the ongoing rivalry that was kind of reignited last season with with what went down first with Jack, uh, Kachuk and Cassian and then eventually the goalie fights and and all that kind of stuff that happened. So I, I don't know if it's going to happen Saturday, but I think something's going to boil over at least once or twice this season. And don't forget that goalie fight game was one of Edmonton's best game of the season, best games of the season. Alex Chason remembering that 8-3 win. Uh, actually, that night was my 500 500- uh, career game, so uh, definitely one that um, I remember, and kind of a little bit of everything, and kind of the you know what Calgary and Edmonton's been the last uh, type of games. It's been the last two or three years. Uh, both teams have have, have, uh, have come a long way. We we each have uh, really good teams, I think personally. So you know, there's a lot of emotions in those games. I know I was on the ice when, you know, all that went down. It's the fun of hockey, I think, uh, you know, on both sides, just lots of emotions. You know, it's the, the fact that the two teams have been successful in, in a way where, you know, more dangerous team in the season and in the standings. Uh, I think each of those games just mean a little bit more. and I'm sure that those types of emotions will, will be there again this year. That is Alex Chase on. Not sure if he's going to be in the lineup for that game. We'll see. Five minutes. Well, now about four and a half minutes left in the second period in Winnipeg. The Jets have gone in front of the Flames 2-1. And the Ottawa Senators getting close to ending their nine-game winless skid 0-8-1 during that time. They are leading Montreal 3-1 with less than six minutes on the clock. Shabbat, Stutzla, and Brown, the goal scorers for the Senators. Gallagher has a first-period goal for Montreal. And the Maple Leafs cruising tonight up 7-3 on the Canucks. Shots are 36-18 for Toronto. About four minutes left in the third. Jason Spezza, a hat trick, up to four goals on the season. He got his first one against uh, the Oilers, kind of that weak backhander after Koskin misplayed the puck behind the net. We'll keep you updated on those games, and we'll catch up with a former member of the Double E football team. Now with James H. Brown, Serious Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown coming up on Inside Sports. Senators closing in on victory number two of the season, leading the Canadians 3-1 with three and a half minutes left in the third. 
The Jets have just scored. I didn't see the goal. Looks like Shifley is the first one to the bench to celebrate. Just saw the screen light up out of the corner of my eye. So 3-1 for the Jets now leading Calgary. That's late in the second period. Maple Leafs taking it to the Canucks. Spezza has a hat trick at 7-3 with 90 seconds to go. Late in the second, 3-3 Hurricanes and Blackhawks. Coyotes up 3-0 on the Blues. Late in the third, Blue Jackets trying to finish off the Stars. They're holding on to a one-goal lead, 4-3, with just a few seconds left. Panthers lead the Predators 5-4 with two minutes to go, and also with two minutes left, Rangers up 3-2 on the Capitals. Uh, Capitals, Ryan Strom has two goals. He's up to four on the season. Alexander Ovechkin has scored his third of the year. Oilers practice today. Ethan Bear was on the ice. We'll see if he's cleared to play Saturday against Calgary. That one's on 6.30. Chad Faceoff show at 6.30. And the game will start at 8. Hey, I am very happy to tell you that James H. Brown on board as the title sponsor of Inside Sports, which means I owe a big thanks to this guy, former U of A Golden Bear, former member of the double E football team. And now of course, a lawyer with James H Brown. It is Trent Brown on the line tonight. Trent, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks Reed. Uh, it's awesome to be on board and feeling good. Well, we really appreciate it. So thanks for getting on board. And I got to thank you guys as well for the fill the net on our Oilers broadcast. We update that on every edition of Overtime Open Line. At 100 bucks to 630, Chet Santa's anonymous for every goal the Oilers score this season. So they did some really good work for you uh, <laughs> over the weekend especially. But uh, that's that's very generous, and that's a nice boost for 630, Chet Santa's anonymous with Phil the Net. Well, it, uh, you know, it is a great cause, and we're always happy to support, and we'd love to see the Oilers fill the net. It's uh one of the things that they do best, I think, and I hope to see a lot of goals this year. The boys are looking good. They started off a little bit slow, but uh, we're hoping that they come on strong. Yeah, much better the last few games for sure, and hope they, they keep going. It's great to have you on the show, Trent. Uh, you know, I, I used to watch you play quite a bit uh, in the, the latter part of your double E career. I, I started getting, uh, I started with my season's tickets in 1997, so definitely remember remember you playing. I mean, how if we don't mind looking back for a sec here first, how cool was that for you? Um, first, U of A, and then getting to play in the CFL in Edmonton as well. That, that was been pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you want to know what, for me, that was a dream come true. I used to watch the green and gold when I was a kid and all of a sudden to be out there on uh, the field, looking up in the stands. Uh, I used to wear those uh, colors as a badge of honor and, uh, and boy, uh, yeah, it was just a dream come true really. And, and I, uh, had a chance to play my whole career here and won a great cup. And, uh, and as a local hometown kid, uh, you know, what more could you ask for? Uh, I had the opportunity to play with some great players, uh, had some great coaches, Ronnie Lancaster, Damon Allen, lots of, we, we had some really good defenses back in the nineties too. Like, I don't know if you remember, but Willie plus Leroy blue, Melvin Hunter, Benny goods, uh, Larry rock, uh, just, uh, feel a real honor to play with those, those guys and what the best, franchise and cfl history and i know all of the stuff this year was tough with the name and everything but i can tell you one thing when i played we wore that name with as a badge of honor and i'm proud and uh proud to play for the team and will always be an eskimo at heart so 
That, yeah, well that, said. No, yeah. that's a good. That, that's an absolutely fair way to look at it. Absolutely, and yeah, that that was a tough story. Trust me, I heard from a lot of people struggling in a lot of different ways going through that. You mentioned 1993, the Grey Cup. Uh, I mean, the the team was good, 12 and six, but you were stuck in that division with Calgary of 15 and three with a certain Doug Flutie <laughs> playing quarterback. Um, I mean, he was awesome. There were some epic battles in the early and mid '90s between those two franchises. Let Let's talk about the West Final before we go to the Great Cup, because you guys actually won, but by a by a couple of by a couple of touchdowns. And I think uh, I think you guys kind of kind of maybe that might have been one of Doug Flutie's toughest days in the Canadian Football League. Do you want to know what? I think it was. I don't think that he liked the cold. And there are some American players that come up here that do, that, that do real well in the cold, and there's others that don't. And when I saw him wearing gloves at the outset of the game, uh, I knew that it was uh, that it was going to be a good day for us. Now, some may say that we were a little bit lucky. We had lost that year to the Stamps three times, and then all of a sudden it's minus 40 on the field with the windshield for the Western final, but we'll take it. We went down to Calgary. We won that game. Those guys had all already bought all of their seats for the Grey Cup. They thought that they were going to walk over us, and it was a big mistake because we went in there, and then we moved into their locker for <laughs> Grey Cup week, and I'll tell you what, it felt good. To me, this is the city of champions, and it will always be, and I'll never forget that day that we won the Grey Cup, and we got to bring the Grey Cup home to where it belongs, Edmonton. Absolutely. I, I want to ask, so you, so you played, you, you're primarily a safety, right? That's Throughout right. Throughout your yeah. career? So yeah. w- when you got a quarterback, you know, like a Flutie, or when you were, I mean, you were with Damon Allen that year, but you would have already played against them, that you know they can also move around and, and improvise when they when they have to. Like, what are you watching for as a safety? Are you thinking, okay, if, if he runs, I got to go up and try to tackle him? Or are you thinking, okay, <laughs> he's scrambling, I got to make sure I'm, I'm helping a DB with coverage here, so there's not an open guy. What do you like? What do you look at when you got such a mobile quarterback? Well, and and I and I'm going to use this as a transition here to talk about the Super Bowl once I answer your question. But uh, look, at the hardest thing to do is to try to defend against a quarterback that has some mobility, like a Flutie, like the Mahomes, because you can do all of the right things. You can get heat on them. And what would ordinarily be a sack all of a sudden can turn into a big play for them. Now, on the defense that I was on, my job was to take away the big plays. We had great cover guys, but really good rush guys. So in a situation like that where Flutie is running around, I would look to help my secondary first. It's pretty hard to cover a guy like like an Allen Pitts or a fast guy, a big play guy without help somewhere. So I would tell all of my secondary guys, step outside. I got you on the inside. And I would and I would look to help. Now once they cross the line of scrimmage then all of a sudden you have to become a tackler. And when you're a safety, you're sort of the last line of defense. So your first instinct is, okay, I'm going to take this guy's head off, especially a small guy like Flutie. But the smart play is to make the sure tackle because then you can stand up and line up for another play. If you miss that tackle, 
you know, it might be a touchdown and then you're returning a kickoff instead of lining up on defense again. So, I mean, you got to be smart. You got to use your head. That's the number one thing when you're a safety and you got to help the other players on your team make plays. Now the transition here, and I'm sorry for talking so much, but I'm a lawyer, remember. So <laughs> I, I like KC in the Super Bowl game because I think that might be the difference. Right now, Brady, he, and it's hard to bet against him, in a, the, right, because it's his 10th Super Bowl. It's a big game. He's playing at home. But the mobility, right, like they could bring the heat on him and he'll have a real hard time evading it, I think. Whereas a guy like Mahomes can take a play where it looks like he's about to take a sack and turn it into a big play for his team. And I think that that might be the difference. I'm saying KC by three. Who are you picking? Now I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm doing my, I, I'm doing my picks tomorrow, Trent, so I have to oh, wait. Okay. I'm sorry. I wait because okay. we do them the Friday before the game. Okay, fair enough. I'm not but cheering for guys. Brady, I can tell you that. <laughs> I have a lot of football guys that won't bet against him in this big game. And, and it's a good, it's a good story. And I think that it's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Like I haven't really looked forward to a Super Bowl in a long time. Well, there's so many, I had Pat Donovan on the show last night, who's a sports radio host in, in Tampa. And there's going to be about 22,000 fans there and a significant number will be healthcare workers from the Tampa area. So they will have the home field and the home fan advantage. I don't think it's going to be as much of a corporate Super Bowl, right, as it would have been right. a lot yeah. of years. So they'll actually have a lot of a lot of hometown fans fans there. Trent H. Uh, Trent Brown joining us tonight on Inside Sports from Jane James Brown Injury Lawyers, now the title sponsor of the show, and of course a former member of the Double E football team. I, I I don't know the full story here, uh, or if, or if I've heard it before, I've forgotten. So it's worth asking. The the end of your football career and the transition into law, was that already in the works while you were playing, or how did that come about? Well, you know, to be honest, uh, later on in my career, started to get a few concussions. Uh, I sat down with my dad and really didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. And he said, see if you can uh, get yourself into law school. He had a small firm at that time, about four or five lawyers. Um, and I was just lucky that they took bribes because I made it in and was able to make it through law school. <laughs> so, uh, uh, thank God for bribes, uh, because I made it through and, uh, and, uh, I'm thanking my lucky stars that I took that advice because it helped me to have a good transition out of the football world and into the corporate world. And, uh, we got the best staff in the world down there and, uh, and I'm just uh, just happy to have a job and happy to live in this great city. What? Hey, uh, oh. Now, okay. Don't so when you went to the U of A and played Golden Bears, were you thinking I'd eventually do law, or what? Like, what was your undergrad study in? My undergrad was in psych, but look, okay. Uh, law was always sort of in the back of my mind. I had an uncle that uh, played for the Green and Gold that was also a local lawyer in in uh, town. Uh, my dad had a law firm. So, yeah, so it, it was a pretty simple transition for me, and it made the retirement sort of choice that much easier for me. Uh, and you have to keep in mind that the 90s uh, was tough. Uh, like, I mean, the CFL was not really doing that well. We expanded to the States, and it made for some good road trips. 
but guys weren't getting rich and making a lot of money. So, you know, you start to have a few concussions and you start to think about it. You know, the average salary, I think, in the 1990s in the CFL was about $50,000. You know, so so when I was, I think I was about 30, you know, had played nine years, won a great cup, made a few all-star teams, and it was just time to move on. Yeah. What's the biggest misconception people have about lawyers? <laughs> the biggest misconception about lawyers is that they like to talk. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? Lawyers are like anything. There's good ones and bad ones. You know, uh, the vast majority of them are, are uh, good, but there's an odd bad one, and that sort of, I think, spoils the reputation but it's like anything teachers uh police officers um hey and one thing that i was really happy to hear about tampa is look what they're doing for their first responders down there they're paying for their flights and for their tickets to the game that's classy class act the nfl that's a real good thing and real good on them so yeah yeah are you do you still are you still athletic do you still do any anything whether it's football or any sport regularly uh, well, right now, uh, my dog pooped on the rug, so I'm bending <laughs> over to pick up a little bit of poop while I'm on the phone with you, so if that counts, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Reed, <laughs> Reed, Reed, I have a couple, uh, really young daughters, so they keep me active. My three-year-old, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, I had her out skiing this year four or five times, and yeah, so... You know, kids keep you active. And then I have a newborn, too, so that keeps me active, running to get a new diaper, you know, running when she's crying. Yeah, no, the girls keep me, they keep me running all the time. So there's no rest for the weary, uh, and I don't get much sleep right now. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I know you got to clean up poop. I'll ask you one more, and we're doing this again, by the way. we we got to keep talking. This, this is fun. Okay. Are you... Are you, you know, as a guy who was in the Canadian Football League, and you mentioned the 90s wasn't great. I mean, people think it's it's not great now. We, I think we both can look back on times of the league where it was maybe in more peril. Are, are you concerned that missing a year with COVID and uncertainty about this year, you know, could really derail, derail the league, or do you think it's always going to find a way to fight on? Do you want to know what? It's the oldest football league in the world, and I think that uh, – that it'll find a way to survive here. But yeah, like, of course it hurts the league, this COVID stuff. I mean, it's a fan gate driven league. This is really going to hurt them. I don't know what, what they're going to do to bounce back. Um, but uh, you, Canada is great. They, they like, there's no fans like the CFL fans read. Like when we used to go to Grey cups and stuff, I would see guys there with pins that had gone to, 25, 30 Grey Cups with their wife. Like, they're the most loyal fans. They're diehard. And I think that the CFL is part of Canada. It's part of the culture. And that uh, that it'll bounce back. I think that they're going to have a tough year this year. I don't know that they can have a a, a, a year without fans in uh, the stands, the gates. The TV revenues, they're not what they are in hockey, the NFL, the NHL. 
Goals are different. Uh, but we'll wait and see. I have my fingers crossed, and I'll tell you what, no matter what happens, I'm going to support this team in this town. And uh, and if they do come back, then uh, then you're going to see James H. Brown uh, right beside the scoreboard, and we're going to be a sponsor of this team again. Trent. Thank you so much for doing this. Your dog defecated on the carpet. You have diapers to change. This truly was a crappy interview. Thank you for your time. (laughs) Thank you, Reed. And uh, thank you for all the work that you do, man. Keep it up. Will do. That is Trent Brown checking in. Former member of the Double E football team, 1993 Great Cup champion, now with James H. Brown, serious injury lawyers, who are the title sponsor just on board of Inside Sports. Uh, It is 7.40. Nine, we will call a quick timeout. We'll tell you if the Senators finally won Inside Sports on Chet. Well, the Ottawa Senators have snapped their nine-game winless skid. They were 0-8-1 during that time. They beat the Montreal Canadiens. 3-2. 3-2. The Maple Leafs are now 8-2-1. and one. They roll over the Canucks 7-3 tonight. Jason Spezza with a hat trick. Matthews got a couple. He's up to eight on the season. Mitch Marner got his sixth of the year. Bo Horvat got his sixth for Vancouver. So Maple Leafs win. Canadians lose at the top of the Canadian division, the North Division. Winnipeg leading Calgary 3-1 after two. Mangiapani for Calgary. Three in the second for the Jets. Appleton, Connor, and then Shifley seventh of the season for Kyle Connor after two in Chicago Hurricanes and Blackhawks tied 3-3 it is three nothing for Arizona over St. Louis that is at the start of the third period Tyler Pitlick has his second of the season the Rangers knock off the Capitals 4-2 former Oiler Ryan Strome with two in that one Ovechkin scored one of the Capitals goals in overtime the Predators beat the Panthers 6-5 Duchesne tied it at 1903 of the third, and then Forsberg wins it four minutes into overtime. He had two tonight. Duchesne also had two. Huberto had a hat trick for the Panthers, who are now 5 0 1. Blue Jackets knock off the Stars 4 3, and the rest of the games that were supposed to be played were uh, postponed because of COVID. So that's what I got for you. Oilers getting ready for the Flames on Saturday. Here's Tip. I think you're seeing that in the whole division this year. You know, it's just uh, obviously you've got the provincial rivalry with Calgary and, you know, great history between the two. But you're seeing that with the whole Canadian division, you're going to see rivalry games kind of thing. So, uh, but we haven't uh, haven't seen Calgary yet. It'll be, be uh, good to get the series going. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Ten times this year between the Oilers and the Flames. Can also tell you a little bit of double D football team news. Uh, free agency starts officially next week. Uh, Sir Vincent Rogers has re-signed with the double E for another year. He didn't play at all in 2019. Remember he tore his tricep in training camp. Sean Lemon signed earlier this week. Elmondo Sewell is going to free agency. Looks like running back Shaq Cooper will become a free agent. Uh, Dave Campbell reporting that his agent apparently asking for $20,000 more per season than William Powell, which uh, is a lot more considering the uh, caliber and the pedigree of Powell compared to uh, Shaq Cooper, who is uh, more potential than fulfillment, I would say, at this point in his Canadian Football League career. All right. There's music. I guess that means I must go.
Hope everybody's doing great out there. Hope you're staying warm, staying healthy, staying safe, being smart. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Don't forget, Bob Stoffer. orders now new to two tomorrow. Inside Sports is from 6 to 8. We'll have to do Name the Animal tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.